passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... Our Elimination Chamber post-show, John Pollock waiting once again, live from Montreal, inside of our hotel room. That waiting has just... If he could move here, he wouldn't. That's the review. Oh, man, it's... it's You know, I've had a great time here in Montreal with this hotel. It looks nice. I'm sure in this camera shot, you know, what, what could be wrong with this? Look at this beautiful blue wall. That picture of... um. Nice little accent with the light. Things, that hot fire alarm. But the one thing I would say any hotel room needs is a working drain in the bathtub. Or standing shower in this case. But, man, um, yeah, it's uh, that, that's, that's been an issue. In fairness, they never advertised that. That <laughs> was not one of the amenities that we looked at when... Yeah booking this uh, I, i'm a hotel. guy who likes my showers you know um especially in this climate in montreal it's a very wet and slushy montreal you got about four minutes and then it's full and then you got to get out yeah i've been like walking in like pools on my in my clarks i made a terrible choice of shoe for yeah, this you brought trip. you have you've been a trooper but terrible. you have when we have checked in with soaked you soaked socks you know all day long only thing I can look forward to at the end of the night is a nice warm shower, and, and even that is not not really possible. So Way so has also time. complained so many times. I don't know who's more disappointed tonight, me or Sami Zayn. You know? yeah. Well, you both feel strange. The word is strange. Strange. Very strange. Yeah. How are you? I'm okay. Um, we're coming back from the show tonight. The New Japan Battle in the Valley show is going on as we speak. We have just wrapped up Eddie Kingston and Jay White, so... Intermittently, we may be checking in with that show. So off the top, if there's something newsworthy, we will be addressing it. But I guess the uh, the most significant is the fact that uh, CM Punk is there in the media section, I guess. Um, We have been detained with the WWE show. But I will let people know that Sunday uh, on the Post Wrestling Cafe, WH Park and Karen Peterson will have a thorough review of Battle in the Valley. All right, cool. I look forward to that. Um, yeah, so, uh, spoiler, we'll, we'll give some spoiler warnings throughout and we, if we want to address any results, but, um, yeah, I know some of you guys are watching that right now. So, um, I'm sure if you're trickling in or if you're, you've already seen it, then great. So we're going to go at least from the main event and talk about that first, more so the outcome, which saw Roman Reigns retain the WWE championship pinning Sami Zayn in Montreal. We had run-ins by both Usos, and at the end, it was Kevin Owens making his triumphant return uh, at the end of the night. Uh, This is after the loss by Sami Zayn, and the two kind of just gave a look to each other, and and that was that. 
Do you want to describe our setup for so, the main event? You know, the hesitation from John there was um, I, I, maybe partially because he forgot um, what what he had just seen. It also could have been because he didn't see what was happening. I didn't forget anything. Yeah. Um, you know, listen. It's uh, it's it's great coming here. To, I feel like I'm 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 just complaining on this show. I really shouldn't because I've had a great trip. But unfortunately. Our main event um, review is going to be a bit hampered because we couldn't see shit. You know, we had to get ready to go into the back for these the, this press conference until we were escorted from our media from our seats. They rounded were- everybody up to go to this corridor to be ready to be taken, escorted to the press conference area. And this was at the start of the main event, about a minute or two into the match. And we're taken to this area, and we're just on the floor. And of course, people on the floor they're standing, and it is literally just struggling to see anything in the ring that's going on so i mean i i think we're going to be talking more about the outcome the reaction from that it sounded awesome sounded like an incredible main event which i mean i, I think it's a, it's a perspective that we can give unfortunately i don't think you should rely on this review for a full rundown match move by move of the main event it's a match i'll probably have to rewatch. So. yeah i mean i mean i got a fair amount of notes for it but it was it was a struggle and it's like i don't i don't have like a solid read on the match itself but i feel the the outcome supersedes uh, the the bell to bell content and, but and and, and ryan asking uh, no tvs there are no screens none no screens available usually like you know in these sort of hockey arenas in the center of the of the you know arena is like a four a screen fa- facing each direction did not have any of that and the big screen oh. at the, it just has the big elimination chamber logo so it was you either saw the live in-ring perspective or you did not see anything yeah so that was sort of our 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 vantage point for the main event which was limited but you know it was certainly of the press conference if you watched it i think the most interesting was Sami Zayn, who came out afterwards and you could see like legitimately deflated understanding how big this match had been and likening it to George St. Pierre coming back to the Bell Center and losing might have been a great fight, but losing the big fight. And this has been the discussion. The whole lead up to this match is you have caught lightning in a bottle with Sami Zayn while you also have another plan for WrestleMania. And do you do you pivot? Do you like where do you go? And the answer here was staying the course and hoping that this audience left satisfied. But timing is everything in this industry. And for performers to reach this, like this is this is the peak. This is something you work towards having this perfect confluence of character build, storyline progression in your hometown, challenging for the title, numbers moving in your direction that is all fuel for what all of these performers are under the impression are the difference makers that will get me to that top echelon. And time will tell if this has cemented Sammy in a a main player role or if it was the wrong finish on the wrong day when this audience was – it was – you had to be here in this city to sense the buzz for this. Like there is times you hear about, oh, it's it's a big feel for this. You you could certainly feel it at um, at the various points of just the limited time that we were here this week. And this was a this was an audience that loved Sami Zayn on these two nights. And uh, the question will be: Is this is this one of those finishes that ultimately will be remembered as the night that you you beat the guy on a night that um, this it was just the wrong loss on the wrong night. 
Right. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a point of debate that that has been going into this weekend. And it's one that I had even myself kind of resigned, you know, to, to understand that there's a plan for WrestleMania and Cody has been doing really well. And um, I did not expect, you know, this outcome to not happen tonight. Um, I I was expecting it. I'll tell you when it changed. Um, and I think when I started to doubt. Honestly, um, it was probably over the course of the weekend. And it was definitely over the course of the evening. Seeing how special this reaction was. Um, how loud this reaction was. And, you know, Cody could do just as well in, in, in a WrestleMania. And there are other factors to selecting Cody for that role. But you just... These sort of reactions, I think are very, very rare, and for some performers, once in a lifetime. And you just wonder, especially at the end, um, if if it was squandered, um, and you wonder if it could be replicated again. And I don't know, and it would be a real shame, because, um, you know, I, going into tonight, I, I didn't think Sammy would win, but I, I had wondered if they would, would have been able to create a finish that would have felt triumphant, even if technically he does not win the belt, and it does not affect the main event of, of uh, WrestleMania with Cody and Reigns. And from what I was able to peek to see of the finish, and from what I could see of the reaction in the arena, I I would say I don't think they achieved that. Um, I think you left a lot of audiences disappointed. And I just wonder if there was another way. Maybe there wasn't another way. Maybe this was the best that they could have done. But, you know... Um, they certainly weren't going to pull the trigger of him actually winning the championship. I never imagined that would be the outcome. Uh, certainly the audience bit big on all the key near falls. It was like this was a crowd that was they were ready to explode if he won. Um, I would say the ending in my mind was if you pull off the Kevin Owens involvement properly, it's a gigantic pop at the end of the night, and it maybe does not replace a title win, but is enough of a high for this audience to leave on. I think maybe they achieved some of that, but again, from where we were um, situated, to me, it just felt like whether it was, you know, I was in my mind, the idea was it's it's this huge return for Kevin Owens place explodes. And then the final moment is the two of them just staring at one another. And then you get the big hug and the place goes nuts. And we didn't get that. And it felt as though it's cool. Kevin is here. We know they're going in a direction, but it felt as though it was as Sami Zayn outlined it. It felt like the crowd left sad, Mm -hmm. not mad, sad. And, and sometimes that's a, maybe a worse emotion to have. Not that this kills the city. I think that they have learned that, man, Montreal is a major market for them. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping it's eye-opening that they realize that two of the key reasons that this market is so hot were in that ring to end the show for them. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, like these guys are talented enough that I think they could build up to another moment like tonight. But, you know, even that's a big if. You had so many, like, perfect things colliding at the same time this the fact that this storyline is peaking at this point um and the fact that this happened to be in montreal on a night like on an event date that um had followed a big drought for montreal after the pandemic um will they be able to capture the potential of this moment again and did they you know did they squander it um you wonder if this was not in the lead up to wrestlemania um 
I, I, I don't know if, like, if this was in October, I think you make that decision pretty clearly. I feel like, what would you think? Let's, let's just, like, throw that hypothetical out. If we had reached this climax, if the show in, was in Montreal, let's say, in uh, September of last year, do they make the title change? I mean, it's it's tough to go back because at that point the the program has not heated up to. So let's say if the program was this hot, if if everything was the same except WrestleMania is not next. Yeah, I mean, it's not even that weird. Like this is the discussion we did have last September with Drew McIntyre, and I think like there was the argument that that was a big moment for Drew McIntyre. Wasn't all that different? Like Mm -hmm. you had a huge stadium show that were that was ready for Drew to win, and they they stuck with the. The plan of Roman just be just rolling over everybody, but I would say in this, it, it might have like I would have argued that if this were in September and this is in Montreal, you you pull the trigger on this with, with Zayn and peak like Roman to me is he's had the dominant run. To me, another month of this title reign does not make it. Um, bigger it's already a huge thing and roman could have what i was saying about drew last summer was drew could win this and hold it until the rumble and then roman wins it back and you go into mania and that gives something really big for drew he's the one that ends the long run of Mm -hmm. of roman reigns and he gets the big moment he gets a semi run with the title and if you're fixated on roman going into mania he can get the title back and i would have said the same for Sami Zayn. So, and I am sure that, you know, this I'm sure was a really intriguing week for Sami Zayn and weighing all of this and how many of those, you know, key decision makers in the company were their eyes were opened. If you go back to 2006, this was when John Cena had had a long title run. The audience is starting to turn on Cena, so they wanted to freshen things up, and they put the belt on edge. But it was, you're winning the title, you're cashing in money in the bank, and you're losing it in four weeks. And in those four weeks, Edge started to move numbers. He started to have a real impact on as a fresh champion first time with the title and that impact was being seen and the argument was let's ride the hot hand but the counter was Cena is the plan Cena is the long-term guy so they had Cena win the belt back and that was debated at the time like Edge felt hot but the silver lining was Edge was a made guy after they saw him as a money player after that four-week run Mm -hmm. and then later down the road he did get more he was a main event guy from that point onward so while it was a blip or a you know a he had to drop the title after 4 weeks the long term was he he greatly benefited his standing in the company will that happen with with Sammy we'll see like these two nights were huge for mm-hmm. this company they they did their their Montreal gate record on Saturday um this this was an enormously successful event for the company and this is not one of those just the WWE brand sold this show. It was like you had the magic of a hometown babyface star in the city where I would argue it's one of the most effective hometown babyface regions in North America, in Montreal, that has such a history of getting behind its own. And in this case, it was their own going for the championship. And look at the look at what the end result was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, had he, did he do enough already? You know, to to um, I, I think make, send that message to to the people in charge. I think the circumstances of this particular event being on this date made it made it probably 
a lot more difficult for them to even but, give But 25 years from now, it's not going to be, do you remember where you were the night that Sami Zayn went for the title at Elimination Chamber? Yeah, the night he lost. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's, it's, it's not going to be that, that memorable all-time Montreal yeah. wrestling memory. That, um, because the, the baby face came up short, yeah, and maybe and maybe twenty years we'll look back and it was like what a what a missed opportunity, or it would be like the Edge comparison, where unfortunate they didn't go with it at that point. They had the Cody direction, but ultimately, Sammy was so like he was a money player after that point. We'll see, mm-hmm. we'll see what they do. Yeah, we'll see what the follow up. This is, is not there. Vince; it's Paul Levesque, and it's a very different. Uh, mindset towards Sami Zayn and how valued he is, and that's obvious. This is not happening a year ago. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's looking like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos, is my guess. Uh, I would say we have, like, the key Mania matches seem pretty much set up now, mm -hmm. with maybe, like, a few questions here and there, Uh, but I would say out of tonight's show, pretty much the key players are accounted for. Uh, so, hey, a little bit later on, we are going to be taking your phone calls here. If you're joining us live in the Zoom room, or in the YouTube room, I should say, um, here's the link. And uh, call in after our reviews, okay? So um, as we, we wrap up our um, uh, review of, uh, what is it, uh, the, the main event here tonight, uh, call in on StreamYard and you can have your voice heard. Or if you're a Post Wrestling Cafe, Cafe patron, you can write in at forum.postwrestling.com. How was your day? It was good. Day two in Montreal. It was it was a lot less stressful. You know, today was spent um, uh, a lot of it catching up with uh, people in the city. I spent a lot uh, a good chunk of it just resting and uh, chilling out. So I had a good day. Yeah, I I wanted to make mention. I I got out to a beer market on Saturday afternoon. We're up at La Prod and uh, Kevin Raphael, fans of the show. uh, They were hosting their own live podcast, La Antipod de la Lutte. Uh, live in person, and so I had been asked to come to this uh, to this live uh, podcast and to to have me on. So I was like, "Sure, I'll I'll pop by." I didn't really know what to expect at this, so I get there and I am sent to this back entrance behind the stage. And Pat says, "Well, we're going to bring you on as a surprise guest." I'm like. With all due respect, I don't think I really qualify as a surprise guest here what? for this sure French language uh, podcast. Uh, oh, and come on. So I am, so I am brought out, and they have, they, have, they have closed down this whole beer market for this show. Wow. It's a private event, and this place is packed. They said there were 200 people here for this podcast so i come out on stage and i i am just looking at it like this it blew me away the amount of people uh that were there um so it was very cool to uh to go on on their show chat a bit about uh, our site and uh just everything going into elimination chamber so uh, uh, a shout yeah, out to uh, i should make note this is elimination chamber and not extreme rules which i had incorrectly titled in the video so um apologies to all of you guys mistakenly thinking that you're watching a review about it what do you think about bray wyatt's return yes. i mean it was <laughs> it's been a long day everybody so uh um, it's fine there we go and also uh, um, I met a listener, Robert, at, at Starbucks, who Ooh. brought his nephew all the way to Montreal. We met a, a few listeners, actually. Um, so, yeah, um, thank you. Welcome aboard, new and old, that mm-hmm. uh, we saw. We saw we saw Louis. We saw Hansi. Hansi made it out to Montreal. Yes, he did. All right. Where do you want to start? you want to start with the show? Do you want to talk about the presser? Where do you want to go? I think we should start with the show and, yeah. and with the presser. Yeah. 
So the show kicked off. Uh, the kickoff, uh, we got there towards the end, but there was nothing on the, the kickoff to go through. And we started off with the women's chamber match with Asuka, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Nikki Cross, and Raquel. Kicking things off was Liv and Natalia, where at one point Natalia's head was put through the fence. Like, they, they got her head, like, right through it. Uh, Raquel was in third. She was doing a bunch of power spots. And then Nikki is in fourth, and her big spot was hitting a high cross off the pod onto the other three women. Carmella followed, and Raquel put Nikki through the pod, and that set up her elimination. Carmella runs into one of the, the pods to hide, and then Liv hits a super sunset bomb off the pod to Raquel Rodriguez to generate a two-count Asuka is the last one in attacking Carmella. Oblivion gets stopped by Carmella's uh, kick from the from the outside. And there's a sharpshooter on Liv. And then Asuka joins in with the arm bar. So it's a double submission on Liv. And for the third time this week, Liv Morgan submits to Asuka's arm bar. Mm-hmm. This assisted with the sharpshooter. So I don't know if... Um, I think this is just building up Asuka's arm bar. And Liv is the the victim three times this week. Carmella then super kicks Natalia as she has the sharpshooter applied and Carmella pins Natalia. So the the home country favorite is gone. Raquel gets eliminated by Asuka and Carmella double teaming her. And the end sees um, a series of reversals and uh, Carmella gets armbarred by Asuka with her new version of the armbar that they uh, this match was a lot about uh, building up as the new variation of her finish. Asuka wins. As most, I think, expected, and that will set up Asuka challenging Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the match was okay. I I don't know if for me it was all that memorable. I thought it was heavily elevated by a really strong crowd reaction um, that reacted especially well to Asuka and especially well to Liv Morgan. Yes. I, I was kind of surprised by that. Even against Liv is much more over than she is handled on the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, but even against Natalia, who I think, you know, I expected being a Canadian um, was going to get by far the biggest. I think um, Liv's reaction certainly rivaled it. Um, The crowd was booing when she was eliminated, and she surprisingly still had a lot of fan support, uh, despite maybe her recent treatment. Um, I thought Carmella being the only heel in the match was effectively used. Um, To me, the match felt like a pretty effective length. You know, there's really no other contender for Asuka, so I don't think they really tried to delay the outcome by unnecessarily drawing the match out for, you know, I think what was going to be a difficult-to-achieve dramatic um, moment of a near fall for somebody else other than Asuka. But I thought it was consistently engaging throughout, even, you know, pretty satisfying by the end. So, yeah. Do you like the Bianca-Asuka direction? I think it's your only choice, you know. Um, I mean, Becky, we don't really know what, what's, what she's got right now, but um, Asuka, I think, still you know has felt refreshed ever since the new face paint and re-debut at the Rumble, although um, I think they still have a bit of a ways to go to make her feel, to make this match feel like it's a WrestleMania-worthy match. Right now, it just feels like a, a championship It feels match. like the monthly title defense on yeah. the pay-per-view. I, I thought it, the, the match was fine. I don't think it... it it stood out in a, in a giant way. There were a, a handful of moments, you know, the Liv Morgan sunset bomb that got a big reaction. Anything off the pod was going to get a reaction and pretty much everything got reactions on the show. This was a very, very easy crowd to, to please. It was pretty hot throughout the show. George St. Pierre was in the front row. So mm-hmm. for um, a rarity, we had George St. Pierre, Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey under one roof. Yeah. When would the last time um, that would have been? 
it would I don't know when you would have had all those those three because hmm. they didn't intersect as much as you would think hmm. uh, in terms of their uh, f- fighting. I, I'm sure it has happened, but I, I would. Is Ronda here? Do we like? Did Ronda show up tonight? We we don't know. Um, oh yeah, that's a good point. She actually wasn't on the show tonight. So she was um, there last night. So you would presume maybe she would have stuck stuck in town. But no, you know. that that's actually not, uh, probably wouldn't have when, when you think about it. So hmm. anyway, my my bad. It's late. Give us a break. It's one fifteen. Which takes us to Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Um, I mean, these matches are just like, it's a sprint, sprint, sprint. It was uh, Brock immediately hitting a, a suplex. This crowd lost it for Brock. They could have, they could have, like, Brock Lesnar could have put on a bear hug for like five minutes. I think Montreal would have still really ate it up. I mean, some of us might be a bit bored of these sprint style matches, but tonight it absolutely worked. This crowd was not. Yeah. This was their video game match of the night. The Hurt Lock gets countered into the first of several F5s. Then he hits a second one to Lashley. Lashley stops a third one and hits the spear. And that's when Way and I are both dumbfounded as the crowd is chanting Bobby Who. <laughs> yeah, they got it. They got the chant over. I mean, God, yeah, that, it surprised me. Yeah, Absolutely. I was, you know, this, this was the crowd to uh, work your material on and, and get it over. The hurt lock is applied by Lashley and Brock's only way out is to kick him in the balls, and the DQ is called the lamest finish. But to be honest, this crowd did not care because afterwards Brock killed the ref with an F5. Then another one was delivered to Lashley. Then he put Lashley through a table on the floor with another one and dumped the ref on the floor as well. So you just got Brock as the um, crazed animal, and this audience was very forgiving, but this finish sucked. It sucked, yeah. I mean, when they had announced um, or when Bray Wyatt had thrown up the challenge on SmackDown, um, you know, you and I discussed whether or not they had um, moved on from the idea of Brock versus Lashley at uh, WrestleMania. And um, now we can presume three-way. That's going to be where people assume this is one of those where, yeah, you at least have the question mark, but that's where you would be led to believe. Like, I don't yeah. see many other dance partners for these three. Yeah, I, I, I was expecting a non-finish prior to Friday, but, you know, the moment they announced... Um, this was not a creative one, but it was... Like, this audience, they did not care with the post-match that they got. It was like, <laughs> they went nuts for this, and they made it... But I just, I thought it was a really uncreative finish, yeah. and just really, really dissatisfying. I, I wouldn't say, like, they were certainly loud, no matter what. So, I, But I don't know if that necessarily meant that they didn't care i'm sure people were disappointed as much as you know we were did you want to see this match in any iteration after well that's the thing you know if you're going to do some something to delay um and and basically like bait and switch um it better come with a pretty creative and pretty satisfying ending that i would say you know especially for brock lesnar who's done pretty spectacular non-finishes in the past um it needed to be memorable and this was anything but you know, a, a low blow out of a, a hurt lock. That's about as basic of, a, of an out as you could get. So it turned me off from the feud. And I, I kind of get that sense from others as well. Edge and Beth Phoenix against Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor. There was so much heat on Dominic to, to the point that at times in the match, I felt like Dominic overshadowed parts. Like this audience was so into getting on to Dominic, like the FU mm-hmm. Dominic chance when he was chased to the back by Edge. It was... You know, he he's very good at ringside, but to me, it's like he almost took too much of the audience's attention because you're watching him, and he was getting all the heat during the match. Right, right, yeah. I mean, could be worse problems, you know. Well, for this one, we we saw 
we saw like it was a well laid out match. I thought um, Beth stopped a riptide, and then Beth was uh, run into the corner, and we see a superplex by Beth, and the big tag to Edge. Both Edge and Beth applied executions onto the opponents, and then Beth ends up taking a headbutt, and Balor gets rolled on top, and uh, Beth is late to the save, and so mm-hmm. Edge didn't really get his shoulder up. So that one, it was a, it was a little flat with the the near fall. Mm-hmm. Beth then nails Dominic onto the rope from the floor, and this knocks Balor off balance off the top. And we see Ripley and Beth deliver double power bombs to the men, uh, which got over. Glam Slam was hit to Rhea Ripley on the floor, and then Edge speared Dominic off the apron, runs into a sling blade, and then comes back with a spear. And it is Beth and Edge finishing Balor with a big rig, and which they had never tried before, and they had Edge pin Balor. Yeah, in the press conference, they called it the Shatter Machine. But yeah, fans in AEW now know it as FTR's Big Rig. Of course, um, very close personal friends of the two of them and um, maybe help them train for, for, for this perhaps even. so. The, the emergency contact when someone is breaking into the house for Edge to call. That is correct, yeah. So I really like that shout-out to FTR. Good match, you know. I mean, heightened, I would say, by, by the crowd um, throughout. And it was a match that was primarily featuring... The women in Rhea Ripley and Beth Phoenix, um, and I thought they did great together. I mean, their showdown was very much kind of presented as a dream match between like two equals, two like two female wrestlers who have um, surpassed, I would say, maybe um, the limitations of of what's expected of them in their divisions. And I thought um, they presented like a really good, compelling dream match. I thought Beth looked great. You know, does it leave it with? Is there enough that you want to see? Um, Edge and Balor coming out of this because that was one thing with the finish is like beyond just you know Balor does the promo once and for all we're gonna have the final showdown at WrestleMania I guess you could do is there is there any other um, option for Balor Edge? and Edge um I think you know like remind me have they had that one on one like was that was that that was the, the Extreme Rules match yeah so I feel like they need a stipulation to kind of really like add uh, a bit of juice to it just a flat out rematch I don't know if it's got enough of that sizzle for WrestleMania especially um, they are coming out of this where it's going to be Austin Theory against Edge for the U.S. title on Monday mm. in Ottawa so mm-hmm. you will have the Canadian going for the U.S. title in Canada yeah it's happened you know. Plenty of times, yeah. Um, you know, um, did, did we? The bigger question when it comes to Edge is, you know, did we see his last Canadian pay per view match? You know, um, and will WrestleMania be his last WrestleMania? That was the question everyone had for him afterwards. Got, going back to the Raw promo in August uh, that he gave to the live crowd in Toronto, where he was certainly hinting about you know retirement and seeing like the end and where things are and. Um, And and in the press conference, he had said that he didn't want to make any definitive decisions. Yeah, I'd be very curious, like when, you know, the next deal comes up and, you know, that decision is going to have to be made of like what he is looking to do. And if and if it's um, outside interests, whether he has an interest within the company, uh, he did talk a bit about that. We'll get to at the press conference. But uh, the match came off well. Um, Mm -hmm. It's more so just building up uh, edge and you know, his his WrestleMania program, like what it's it's going to be. And Balor would seem to be the odd man out in the Judgment Day that doesn't have anything significant planned. Men's Elimination Chamber match. Uh, first, we had a Reigns-Heyman promo in the back, which was 
our C4 Energy commercial as they had uh, Reigns drinking C4 Energy, which was the sponsor for the main event. Nice. You want to try it? What would you rather try, C4 Energy or Mountain Dew Pitch Black? I think Pitch Black. In fact, I uh, you know we we were about to stop into a Couchard here in uh, Montreal to to grab one. You and, were uh, eyeing. The it was advertised on the had. door, but unfortunately, at this point, um, the 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 place was closed. So um, very interesting yeah. that Logan Paul just signed a deal with the UFC. For, that's his, his, oh wait, that, that's he, his, his energy drink. drink. Is prime, I thought. Prime. That yeah. so that's the UFC's now official energy drink. Okay. And WWE has like this deal for C four, which are their competitors. Well, they're all in right. the uh, the energy drink field, but oh. uh, just interesting. We know uh, no prime deal here. We'd, I would love to put some C four into your body and just let it explode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Men's elimination chamber match. So we have uh, Rollins, Gargano, Austin Theory defending the title. Bronson Reed, Montez Ford, um, Rollins, and Gargano started the match, and. Um, they, they they had a pretty good start to, to things here. Uh, Theory was in third, and then Priest comes in fourth. Uh, we saw him hit a kill switch onto Seth, and uh, yeah, they they did a lot with uh, Rollins and, and Gargano in there with Theory. Um, I don't know if the you know like I, from what I could tell, it was like Theory sort of like motioning for uh, Gargano to recognize like the pass that they had together so that they could work together against Rollins. I don't know if on commentary they would have mentioned that Theory was also like a, a a disciple of Rollins at the same time. So a lot of like story connections between the two, and they ended up being trapped inside a pod together as uh, Rollins and Gargano just like stomped on this guy. I thought Gargano was very good in the match. It was you know a, he was he was in this for a good amount of time, had some some shining moments uh, throughout it. Uh, Rollins hit a superplex, followed up with a Falcon Arrow to Damian Priest. Bronson Reed comes in fifth, and he Germans Priest into the fence and then splashes Priest into the pod. Ford is the last one in, and I was interested to see because to me it was Bronson Reed and Montez Ford were the two that you would be looking at how they would be handled, and it seemed that the priority was Montez Ford and letting him shine in defeat in this match. I thought Reed was also a priority as well. Like, I thought he had some... Like, he, to me, stood out more than than Ford. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well... But uh, both of them did. Ford is coming in, and he's immediately delivering the crotch chops, and then Rollins hits a doomsday device to Gargano off the shoulders of Reed, and as Gargano is knocked off, he turns it into a poison Rana onto Bronson Reed, so everyone goes down. Then Ford climbs up the side of the chamber, and everybody's yelling, keep climbing, and he does. And the way it curves, way immediately is thinking of homicide on that first Monday night edition of Impact. This had a much better satisfying conclusion because Ford ends up doing like a pull-up onto the roof of the chamber and then rotates himself almost into like um, a shooting star press, but just comes straight down onto everybody. And this looked nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool spot. An amazing spot. Um I thought this would have been the spot of the match, and you can argue it was, but there was at least another contender. So that was really great. And from there, Ford hit from the heavens and eliminated Bronson Reed. Then we had Seth Rollins lift up Johnny Gargano on the top of the pod for a powerbomb. And he goes to powerbomb Gargano off the pod, and it's turned into a Rana in midair, sending 
Rollins onto the others, and it, it was actually a pretty safe landing for Rollins. I couldn't see how Gargano landed, but I was trying to see the replay. Hopefully, he landed okay um, because he was certainly selling uh, that he smashed his uh, sh- himself into into the bottom. But this this was our other. Uh, crazy spot of the match mm-hmm. and the place went nuts for this one as well there was a one final beat onto Ford onto the steel floor and then a razor's edge by Priest eliminates Johnny Gargano from there we see uh, from the heavens onto the knees of Theory and as Ford is selling the effects of the knees he's hit by the stomp and Theory takes the pin eliminating Montez Ford and then they had the trainers come down to check on Montez Ford, thus opening up the cage door that is left open. And with Seth and Theory about to go at it, down runs Logan Paul, who is booed out of the arena. And he's able to enter because the door is open for Montez Ford. And Logan hits a buckshot lariat to Seth Rollins and follows it with a stomp. And Theory hits A-Town down, pinning Seth Rollins to retain the U.S. championship and send Seth on his path with Logan Paul. I thought this match was excellent. You know, um, several memorable This was spots. the best match I saw on Saturday night. Yeah, unfortunately. Several, and uh, if you're just tuning in live, um, scroll back to the beginning and you can hear our ex- explanation about our sight lines for the main event. But um, I, I thought this match was great. Several memorable spots. Ford's ceiling splash, Gargano's Rana to Rollins off the pod. I thought they did a great job with Bronson Reed here, essentially having all the baby faces that are lighter weight banding together with several big moments trying to take the man down and finally being able to with all their finishers um, before taking him out. So I thought Reed came out of this almost feeling like he had like the big man push coming out of a Royal Rumble. Um, so great for him. And I think for Ford, you know, an, an I thought this was a big elevation of Ford. He comes out of this where I think that, you would not structure a match like this for this to just be a goes back to the street profits. Not to say they're ending the team. I mean, they've done four like big performances in the past, but yeah, are they are they going to sustain this one? I don't know. I hope so because why why waste an effort like this? So um, I, I thought he came off great in in the match. Um, yeah, you, th- this was a great match um, from from our vantage point. I, I thought it was a really really strong chamber match and, and a good build, like good surprise in Logan Paul coming in and, and building that match to Seth Rollins. They had laid the groundwork pretty well. I mean, you know, mostly on off off the show, but like um, kind of confirming it um, on Raw. I think it was this week or, or the week prior. I don't know, but and but, it's also the 180 for Theory, who was the punchline in last year's chamber match, getting F five off the pod by right. Brock, and just the just everyone's you know the he was the punchline in the match, mm-hmm. and and this year you know he he runs the gauntlet, keeps the title, and you know and set, sets himself up to be um, you know strengthening this title run for him. Yeah. Um, we, we should also mention when uh, George St. Pierre was shown on camera, he was next to Ariel Hawani, who mm-hmm. we did not hear the commentary, but I guess Michael Cole making a reference to Tony Khan's tweet and calling him a the, the unbiased journalist. And that um, something to the effect of, again, I, I was there live, but um, I believe the thing was uh, that answers... Ask all the hard questions whether you want to answer them or not. Of course, referencing, uh, you know, subtly referencing Ariel's interview with uh, Tony Khan and Tony deflecting a lot of those questions. Was this as blatant Um, a a shot at Tony Khan as we've heard on a WWE broadcast? 
Like they've never even been, been they've never even taken subtle shots mm-hmm. at uh, Tony Khan. Yeah, this yeah, would be the I most suppose. blatant one I, I can recall. Mm-hmm. But they haven't really had a reason to, I suppose. Um, no, it was this. Like you got the pissant company remark from from Paul Levesque. But right. in terms of like a, a direct shot at Tony Khan, this this would probably be the most transparent one that uh, comes to mind. So, yeah, um, yeah. No, a notable uh, remark, regardless, from Michael Cole on the broadcast and. Uh, that takes us to the main event with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. I believe it was 10.19 when the video package began and the bell rang at 10.36. We yeah. had like um, 17 minutes here. We should also mention the uh, WrestleMania ad, actually. Yeah, they started to roll out. Uh, they realized that, you know what, 2005, great, great campaign. Uh, we could we could do better. And they rolled out their first one with a Joker parody with Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. It was hard to hear Becky's dialogue from inside the arena. Um, but the Seth portion portion, I, th- I thought he was excellent in this. Th- this looked like a really high produced spot. And I'm and, you know, uh, a series of these that are to come. Well, they have a lot. Uh, they have a pretty high standard to live up to from the, the prior ones. And um, I thought this one was of pretty high quality, you know, getting Seth, the guy who kind of does the weird dancing to replicate the Joker dance on the steps, um, shot beautifully. And, and the surprise of having Becky Lynch show up as the man, um, you know, who was uh, about to enter the man cave, um, I I thought was terrific and funny. And I can't re- wait, wait to rewatch it. It's, you know, we, we never really kind of saw those ads play out in the age of Twitter. Um so I think these are going to, you know, receive tremendous viral attention from non-wrestling fans as well. And uh, I think I look forward to them a lot. So Roman is out first just with Paul Heyman. And you know, they are just milking this. And then finally Sammy's music hits and he comes out to a thunderous response from this crowd. And it is it's a sustained one. They have this crowd in the palm of their hand from from the jump i would almost say like um i wondered if they had like waited too long before they hit the music for this one you know like because they have roman reigns come out and then you know like levesque and levesque pretty much said as much in in the uh, press conference he you could tell he's he's the one probably delaying it and delaying it and delaying it and delaying it before you could say the second the audience was starting to subside boom they hit the music like you could audibly hear the second this audience was just ready to dip boom they hit the music and you know and understanding what they had like that final segment of smackdown on friday i think that certainly gave you a sense of things like sammy had a lot he wanted to get out in that but it was also kind of going out there with the understanding let just let this crowd ride and they can control the segment for you and you just react yeah they they recognized tonight was a very special night and that this crowd was um as lebeck had said like a character onto itself i mean the character of the show so um there are a lot of moments left for the crowd to speak so the match began um and they, I did not think we'd get a, uh, uh, Fujita Goshiozaki tribute off the beginning. It was like, uh, four minutes or something before they locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just, uh, you know, the crowd was into it. Dude, this crowd, they cheered a headlock when Zane applied it. I mean, they were into everything here. Uh, 
topic on Hero early on by Zane, and then a sunset bomb is hit by Zane, uh, leading to the first of many big near falls for him. Zane at one point leapfrogged a spear, and as Reigns crashed into the corner, he's rolled up for another two count, lands a haluva kick, crowd explodes at the kick out on that one, blue thunderbomb, similar reaction, and then there's elbows to Zane in the corner with the referee behind them, so the elbows uh, ricochet and take out the referee. From there, uh, with the ref down, Zane gets the visual cover on Roman Reigns. The crowd is counting, but there's no one there. This is when Jimmy Uso comes out, super kicking Sammy and hitting an Uso splash. But Zane survives that kicking out and takes out Jimmy with a haluva kick, sending him to the floor. Superman punch is delivered, but misses and hits the ref and... Thus, the Kevin Owens, the KO chants begin at this point in the match. Then Jay appears and he gets into the ring. This is one I would certainly like to watch it back for kind of the the body language and the the interaction with Roman where he's handed the chair. He's conflicted. And then Reigns starts pie facing Jay and Zayn runs at Reigns who sidesteps. So Zayn mistakenly takes out Jay and then gets speared by Roman and is pinned. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, again, can't really comment on the body of the match itself because we couldn't really see. But um, I thought the heat was incredible. You know, um, I'll, I thought they, you know, um, gave Sammy the big visionary fall. This crowd was counting, I think, up to like 10 or something like that. Several big near falls. You had the big moment with Jay to kind of tell that story. And they kept it so that Jay was still sort of like a conflicted semi-heel, semi-babyface. You don't exactly know where his allegiances lie. This was not a... Like, that was the thing. Like, if you were... A lot of people kind of mapped this out the same way, and I guess that's where it... It was not a straight, you know, reversion back to being a heel for Jey Uso. And they're very much keeping alive the tension between Jey and Roman Reigns. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they pay that off in a big way in the future as well. But um, they built, they found a way to build build a misunderstanding between Sammy and Jey that will cause conflict between the two of them long enough to do the match at WrestleMania. And then afterwards, you know, I, I like that it's not like a complete shutting of that relationship. You know, if it was just Jey turning back into a heel... Um, I think that would go that would ruin a lot of like the great sort of um interest and depth in a Jey Uso character and they they're very much keeping that alive. As much as the the different um di- different opportunities that have presented themselves throughout the body of this story I think if you're just looking at it from the beginning of where we're going to go and then this turn happens and this is where we get to the match, it's like there's a lot of unforeseen developments throughout this story that have you know made you, you know, pivot at different points. And I would say Jay Uso and Sami Zayn, this interesting chemistry between them, I think there's a huge part of the audience that eventually wants to see those two unite together uh, down down the road at some point that yeah. is something you can revisit as well and you kind of keep that open at least from from this show and then you set up the mania match presumably yeah uh, Slim Sieber in the chat says there were a lot of cutaways to Sammy's wife who was ringside also Roman was, was trash talking her a lot when they were outside she was great yeah I, I, I mean um, from what I'd heard that this weekend was kind of significant for um, I guess even a, a real public acknowledgement that Sami Zayn had a wife and a child because um, you know he seems to keep that side of his very private, very private. but um, WWE shot like a little quick little clip with her and they 
probably did that to set up some of those moments tonight that you saw uh, on camera. Yeah, so Kevin Owens comes out and he attacked Roman, hit him with a stunner, hit uh, Heyman with a stunner, and then uh, it's Roman in the corner and Owens is looking back at Sammy and he just stands out of the way so that Sammy can deliver a haluva kick onto Roman Reigns and... You don't get the big embrace. Owens just leaves the ring as Sammy's music plays, and that's how the show ends with uh, with Sammy's music, and he's left alone in the ring, mm-hmm. and uh, and feeling strange. Yeah, strange, and I, I would say that's kind of how um, a lot of people, I'm sure, felt. You know, um, they leading up to the match, I thought everything was so perfect, everything was so special. It felt exactly like a GSP Montreal match to me. It felt like a Conor McGregor match with all the Irish in town. Um, that's kind of like the similar vibe that I had. And um, it was missing the the final moment, you know. Um, and I expected the finish, but in the end, by the time we got there, especially being there live and hearing it, I, it, it was very de- deflating. Um, and it was disappointing for this crowd. And so, I, you know, I'm left wondering, could they have had a better solution to give them a, b- a more significant result? Was there a bigger moral victory to be had that would have created some sort of lasting change in Roman um, that Sammy could just kind of hang his hat on um, while still, you know, not winning the championship? I don't know. Maybe there isn't. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. But I'm certainly left wondering afterwards about what if. Um, what if they pulled the trigger tonight? Um but, hey, man, it, it tells you how much faith that they have in this, you know, Roman Reigns-Cody Rhodes match and uh, how important it is to them because they had every reason to change the result and they did not tonight. If, if you had changed uh, the result and you put the title on Sammy, what is the WrestleMania match? Um, is it Sammy-Cody? Do you involve Roman and make it the three-way? Like, what would be the, the new direction? I think there would be a great opportunity to, like have a two-night thing, you know? Maybe you do a Roman-Sammy rematch first night, Cody second night. Um, there are so many ways that they could have played with it. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, what I was looking for was a solution that would have retained and kind of, like, took advantage of all the incredible goodwill that you built tonight. And I wonder if they did, there, you know? To me, there was a middle ground between the argument of, you know, you don't book for the night, you book for the bigger picture. It was like, okay, I... I don't but this look is at, part of the big picture. Yeah, that's it. This was not an isolated weekend where it Sammy is only hot for this weekend and Cody's the bigger star in all the other cities. It's like this this is show we have seen the evidence of this lead up that Sammy has been a difference maker on TV. Yeah. That this is something that this is a happy accident that Montreal is happening in the midst of it that only magnifies what's already working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, you think back to like, you know, um, they could have had a disputed finish in the way of like a like a Rob Van Dam, you know, wanted to stand two finish where technically it was he, you know, it was Paul Heyman who made the count. Um, but nonetheless, it, you're kind of left with. I saw plenty of people predicting the, the screw job reenactment. I think yeah. that would have been the worst finish for this yeah. city. Yeah. Um, you know, again, dramatically, I, I, this is one I have to rewatch on camera to see like how it played out because it's, it's, a, it's a feud and a story that has played so much through the lens of a camera. I love being there live, but like this is very much like a story, I'm sure, you know, um, that you have to experience on TV as well. So um, maybe we'll comment on that on Monday. Do you want to talk for a few minutes about the press conference? Sure. Yeah. They, so the way these are set up, if you didn't watch the press conference, um, they had just a handful of talent 
uh, put out in front of the media. We had uh, Austin Theory, followed by Edge and Beth Phoenix. Uh, Paul Levesque came out for a couple minutes, and then Sami Zayn was at the end. I, I thought Sami Zayn was the most interesting one, and it and the results vary on these. I I, I don't know what I should necessarily go in expecting from these press conferences. Um, for the first one with Austin Theory, I just. Listen, I understand why. So let's go. Let's go sure. through some of the content of the of the press conference itself too. So as John mentioned, uh, Austin Theory was the first one, and you know essentially um, this was very much like a New Japan Pro Wrestling backstage press conference where um, the you know this, in this case legitimate media would throw out a question, and uh, depending on the source, like they'd be either kind of very character based questions. Or um, they would be somewhere, something somewhere in the middle. But you know, Austin Theory in this case was going to take any sort of question, and he was going to take it, turn it into a promo, and that's kind of what you saw. You know, for me, I just kind of treat it as like, oh, I'm watching improv. You know, I'm watching a chance to see a guy perform. Um, but I know you, as a journalist, and other several, you know, several other journalists out there, um, would be offended by your participation in this. It's just I and listen. I'm not going to speak for every media source, but it's like I, I get nothing out of that. It's the, like there's no value to our listeners for that. There's no value for me personally that I, I see out of it. Like there, there's nothing for me to take from that. There's nothing. It's just it's what I take is how good this guy is coming up with an answer on the fly that is related to his character's motivation. And that's and listen, I'm not going to fault someone for approaching this. Like this is. Like, he's treating it like this is... Practice. Practice. This mm-hmm. is WWE content, and, mm-hmm. and that's, like, what it is. And it's, like, that's not what I'm there for, but it's, like, it is what it is. Like, you're, you're going to approach this differently. I would say that it's... I think there's a far more effective way for yourself to, you know, approach this as a Sami Zayn does, as an Edge does, as a Beth Phoenix does. I get the sense they leave it up to the performers like I feel like I've seen enough of these and there's enough variation in like you know guys who are treating these as shoots versus people are use- that are using these as in character things that I feel like they probably give a good deal of autonomy to the performer to, to decide as as they do like in the interviews that we did on Nikki on, Cross you know yeah Thursday you know, um, but what's you know and it's it's going to be a different opinion you can ask 10 people what do you prefer like to me I think Nikki Cross speaking as her character, mm-hmm. um, I like. I've no interest in that at mm-hmm. all. I found it to be a lot more interesting to hear the performer behind the character yeah. the, discussing it. But some characters or some performers, I should say, probably just aren't comfortable like talking Maybe. as themselves. Like they probably aren't used to being in front of a camera speaking as like what well, I don't know what Austin Theory's real name is, but like he's probably at this point so used to just speaking as the character Austin Theory. Maybe, I don't know. But yeah, in terms of like our outlet and I guess reporting, this was just, you know, an extension of the show and not really newsworthy whatsoever, except for the um, the challenge, the open challenge, which set up the, the edge. Yeah, uh, they I set up the match on Monday. Yeah. Um, uh, edge and Beth, you know, um, so I feel like there's at least been some discussion about like, um, made about like, um, the, the the media's sort of like um, ability to make noise at these press conferences. Yeah. Um, what do you feel about that? Because Edge came out here and like he was kind of like recognizing the silence and was prompting a reaction like, you know, the way a wrestler would when they walked out to like to like an empty crowd. 
what, from your perspective, is um, should be different about a press press conference? I think that it's. Um, I think that you are you are not there to act like a fan. You are not there to be, and listen, this is, I think as much like the performers should not be They're They're just trained. And I've, they, they I've have been, no idea. What, I've been to what so many WWE press conferences where they have come out and it's like, they are, they are literally calling for that as like edge was. And it was just, um, you know, it's not the media's place to be cheering or to even have to be like, like clapping and applauding like we we are there to do a job so it's like i'm i'm not participating in that but it's like others are there's a range of media in wrestling i would say um a lot of them are like you know more hardline journal journalists of your variety but, but a lot of people are just coming from this uh, to, to this as like fans and, and probably aren't as like you know well versed in like what the etiquette should be of an actual journalist and maybe they don't even care to yeah, to, to yeah. Learn. It's listen. But, there are going to be a lot that don't take this stuff as seriously. Maybe I take it too seriously. Like that's that's uh, people can have that uh, opinion too. But I think like it does. It, th- it, there's a lot of serious topics that you can cover in this, and the fact is, like, how many opportunities do you get to speak to a Paul Levesque? Like for me, it's like this is this is it, and mm-hmm. it's it's three questions, and I didn't get called on, which is fine. And but I'm not going to feel bad that I'm asking a more serious question because it's like they don't make these people available for serious stories. And then hey, we'll do the circus in this time allotment. Yeah, yeah. This is all to say that like there's a wide varying range of I think. Um, expectations and answers and even questions when it comes to these WWE and and maybe even AEW press conferences. And it's because wrestling is weird. This press conference was weird, but that's because pro wrestling is weird. And especially when you're trying to, you know, talk to people that are sometimes talking as their real selves and sometimes in character. But typically, I felt like this tonight was very much dictated by the performer, whether or not they were in character. And Austin Theories was, but everybody else seemed to not be. Yeah, I, I thought you got great answers out of Sami Zayn. Like, and that was just somebody that had just come off this outcome, and you didn't have to parse language. You didn't have to decode. This was someone that obviously he was in the middle of this juggernaut throughout the week in Montreal as being like as close as any pro wrestler in the city could feel as like a mega hometown star yeah. as he was this week. He was treated like that, and. He knew what was happening going in and the fact that he felt like this was a deflating moment for this crowd and pretty much conveyed that. And it was almost working it out as he is talking about it to the audience and the question of it was almost like he didn't say these words, but it's almost what more do I need to do? What more could be asked of me to for for this to register with the people where it counts like if ever you're going to make a change in plans did i not present enough of a compelling case to do so because what more could i have done what more could the city have done what more could we have drawn for this show Mm -hmm. that ultimately we we had a plan we were locked into and did we did we squander something that was uh incredibly built Mm -hmm. for these two nights that this audience you, you don't get a crowd like this Every month, you don't get a crowd like this all that often. And did we did we reward this audience for 
what they invested in. Yeah, I, I perceived it to be a, an incredibly like genuine response, like straight from the heart, like not even really thinking about it, because this was a man who had just been through a pretty like special, unusual week that had just just moments ago ended. And so he just pretty much said said as much. He felt very strange and he felt very strangely detached. And the word of the night for him was, at least in this press conference, was strange. Um, and you can tell, like, I'm sure I'm sure there was a, a level of pride, you know, in everything that he had d- done up until this point. But I think what you saw on his face in this press conference was doubt. Maybe doubt about whether or not, you know, this was the right decision at the end um, for not just his own personal legacy, but just, I think, mm, the business potential, you know, of of this entire story. Um, So I, I mean, the weird thing about wrestling is that, like, through every response, real or fake, you can assess whether or not you like the person more or like the person less. And I think an answer like this for me just kind of continues to build my desire in him as a fan to want to see him win that championship, you know, seeing his disappointment here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll be very interesting if they um, continue on, like you would assume to see Owens or even Zane on Monday in Ottawa. Like Mm -hmm. you would naturally uh, look at that as, as the follow-up as well, being that you have another day in in Canada coming up uh, on Raw as well. He mentioned uh, how, you know, um, it, it may be um, coincidental that GSP um, uh, with that, that GSP right. was here because he says the vibe of the weekend was very much to him like a GSP fight, which I, I mean, we had which, all Which you and me those. have a unique comparison that we have covered a lot of those fight weeks in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, we weren't here the whole week like we were for some of those UFC cards, but I, I totally felt a very similar, like this was the city rally around their own and we've seen it in we have seen it in hockey we have seen it in uh, we have seen it in baseball in in this city we have seen it in professional wrestling going back decades of you know from your grand prix and all-stars and even prior to that and we have seen it in mma and that extended to professional wrestling this week yeah yeah. Again, I, I, um, uh, he he also mentioned this, this like one of the turning points of the story for him was um, August nineteenth when um, WWE was here for television and Roman and Sammy had were on camera together for the first time and they immediately saw their chemistry. So man, even way back then. But um, yeah, I thought I thought he came across really well, even in like speaking all weekend, I, all week, I would say, you know, like any media appearance I've seen of, of his was was very engaging, I think, very genuine, like in a way that um, it, it helps that the character he's playing right now is a babyface character that is the underdog that is unlikely to be chosen for a WrestleMania role. He's he he's the he's actually that guy. And so a lot of his responses, like you even heard tonight, I, I thought fit very well, even in storyline. He was like, like he was the guy this week. He was mm-hmm. the guy called upon to do all the media, and he did it. And you know, just what we got to see up close, and the time he took with people, and I mean, like yeah. he he hit the ground running, and he knew what he was in store for this week. And from all accounts, like <laughs> did a very effective job pr- promoting the show and taking all all that on this week. We had uh, Paul Levesque also show up to the presser, and he said tonight was like a mini WrestleMania. He said Montreal was the star of the event, um, said they couldn't get enough crowd shots. Largest Montreal gate in history. Uh, Numbers that he threw out were 17,271. 
which probably know, a little um, wonder, yeah. of course, WW number, and then fifty thousand, fifteen thousand last night. Um, Even the, like the the legit number was probably right around like fourteen ish, mm-hmm. which is. This, Tremendous. It's yeah. it's tremendous. Started talking about how tonight was, you know, uh, all about uh, legendary wrestlers from Montreal, like Mad Dog Vachon, and, you know, going as far as to say the Hart family and Brett, and he got really choked up as he was talking about Pat Patterson. Yeah, he brought Pat Patterson several times, and uh, yeah, just gave a lengthy speech at the beginning, and then he took uh, a couple of questions, like three questions. Yeah, yeah. it was it John. Was, John tried, you know, well, but Brandon Thurston did did get in. I, I was very happy that Brandon got called upon and asked him about the sale, and I mean, I mean, he kind of punted on it. He was not going to give anything. I'm, I was glad he, he was asked. He of it. said uh, he tries to stay out. He of did it. say depends on who. Dep- he did say depends on who buys it. Um, that that is interesting, mm-hmm. um, but and he says he stays out of it. Really. He uh, he yeah. did not want uh, any uh, quote maybe assigned to him. But I mean, it's it's a major question when you look at the fact that uh, is a buyer like Paul Levesque's commitment to this company under a new ownership is very key to this company moving forward. And if this like that will be if if this company is sold and for now he can get away with a, I'm not going to play what if games because we don't it hasn't happened yet but if the company is sold and it's either we want this structure in place and we want you heading creative or we don't want you heading creative like there it yeah. does Paul want to do it in a different it's now it's no longer the family business it's now owned by hmm. a major media conglomerate a uh, a Saudi Arabian investment fund. It's a different company. And yeah. how does he fit into that? And does he want to fit into that? I mean, unless there was significant intervention from a certain father-in-law of his, I, I, I wouldn't see why anybody wouldn't want, you know, uh, Levesque to be continue to be in charge of creative. I, I, I mean, from all accounts, critically, I think that, you know, the show has been better. Um, business has been just as good, you know? So what, what reason would somebody have? You're, like you, you had the Hollywood Reporter story recently, like Vince being a a sticking point for 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 some. Like that is, you know, this is, and this was definitely in like my like line of questions was, you know, the original conversation, the, the response to Vince McMahon in late December was the board of directors believing now is not the time that this would not be in the company's best interest for you to come back and. Early January, that is flipped, and suddenly you have the board shakeup, and it's a unanimous vote for Vince to return as executive chairman. How has that been met with those within the company? That'd be an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, what has the change been for Paul's professional relationship with Vince McMahon since he's back in, as a, the executive chairman? Is he leaning on you during the sales talks? Is it church and state between you two that he is handling this, and you are doing – you are on the ground – producing the show like are is there less uh conversation about business between you two right now um but anyway it's yes the stock went up as vince came back in and you had the the thoughts of a sale but if vince mcmahon is going to price this thing beyond what a lot of companies are willing to spend if vince mcmahon is holding back others from feeling do we want to get into this business uh, if vince mcmahon is a turnoff for us is was it ever an, an idea of Vince McMahon coming back? Should we address the elephant in the room in a more public fashion that does give us like that we wholly do not condone like what has happened here? Um, 
has will that affect people um, in, in the whole sale talks? Like, there's tons of questions that you can bring about it, and and Paul Levick is very much in the middle of all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, I think we should go to some of your calls. And uh, first of all, we have a couple super chats here. First of all, from Rob McDonald, who says, "Where do you think Gunther goes for WrestleMania?" Gunther, it's it's a good question. I and also he would love to see Gunther versus Edge. Gunther and Edge. I mean, you story wise, I don't think that. I mean, the, the... Sheamus and Drew, like that, could all fit into something. So yeah, well, I, I guess it's a question for uh, about Edge. First of all, I mean, does tonight was tonight enough revenge for you know the Beth Phoenix attack and and the whole Edge Judgment Day story? It to me left you with. It, it did not create the instant demand for that match beyond. Um, I mean, you can do it in one promo. That's it. like we've been feuding for a year. It's time to have uh, the last showdown of some sort. And boom, you have your match. But and I, I wouldn't have done the finish tonight if that was my direction. To me, it was you could have easily had Rhea pin Beth. And that just further heats up Beth or sorry, heats up Rhea and then Edge has a reason to come back for revenge, and he should be the one cutting that promo that it's the it's time for the final showdown, rather than the heel in Balor doing that. Right. So, um, but if it's not Balor, I, I think it, anybody versus Gunther sounds pretty good, but especially Edge. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like they're probably going to do Gunther versus Brock or or Lashley at this point. So, I I like the suggestion. So, thank you for that, and let's now go to our first call of the night. This comes to us from Muggin. We're going to try this to see if uh, the audio works. Muggin, can you say hi to us? What's up? Hey, great. We can hear you. Awesome. How would you like a Elimination Chamber? Montreal brought it. They brought it. Like mm. it was, it was a, it was a, it was a strong show, and they elevated it. Yeah. And uh, let's start from the beginning. Um, Sami Zayn was the star. He was the star of this whole show, and. Like, the atmosphere was just, like, it was, like, it gave Money the Bank 11 a run for its money. Hmm. Yeah, wow. Roman getting, yeah, Roman getting that type of heat because, man, Roman getting booed out of the building. Like, he was, he was, like, he was getting reacted like, like, he was getting, he was booked as the Antichrist. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he was the Antichrist in that, in that match. And I love the way it was laid out. I mean, the ref bones were a little excessive, especially after the second time. Mm-hmm. And. I gotta say, like I mean, I gotta give you know the powers that be credit for pulling enough strings to get Jimmy and Jay over over the border, and especially both, especially Jay, because I don't think Jay was ever in doubt. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy was—I'm sure he, he Jimmy kept his nose clean ever since his last DUI. And uh, anyway, um, I love how the, I love how the, they structured it with because um, it felt like to me like. Sammy accidentally spearing Jay as opposed to as opposed to Jay succumbing to Roman's abuse is a much better outcome and at least even more doubt over what's going to happen. And I thought that was a much better outcome than just you know Jay you know making a decision because at this point he's still torn and of course the bloodline are you know as a whole are still you know tattered because of because of what Sammy did at the Royal Rumble. But yeah, the atmosphere was perfect. It was a hell. It was an amazing match. And of course, and then the the post match with Kevin. Yeah, him and Sammy are not are not all the way there yet because they still got like six weeks to go until Mania, and I do think that'll be the direction for mm-hmm. uh, for night one. And I'll make the I'll make the argument that uh, that Usos versus Owens and Zayn will be will be the main event for night one. Are so, you going to Raw? Uh, 
I mean, listen, I'll, I will go to the next one if uh, if uh, if, it, if it keeps going because I kind of I kind of wish I, I kind of wish I got tickets, but I mean, I will go to the next one. That's for sure. And um, mm-hmm. going down the rest of the card, the men's chipper match was excellent. Montez mm-hmm. Ford Montez Ford broke out. John Gargano got the got the performance he needed. Bronson Reed was booked like a monster because it took like four guys to it took like three guys to, to like get rid of him. The Logan Paul the Logan Paul uh, reveal was was expected because you know it, at least they're not at least WWE isn't shying away from Logan being a natural heel because they're finally putting him in the right spot for his match with Seth in in, in WrestleMania and. Uh, the the mixed tag match ended the way I thought it would because edge because edge pinning edge pinning Bell was the way to go because Rio is getting because I knew win or lose Rio was gonna was gonna go to WrestleMania anyway to face Charlotte so she won the Royal Rumble and I love that she didn't get pinned because she got protected as a result of that and now Rio can now move on to more more important things whereas mm-hmm. Edge and Balor can finally like you know you know tie up the loose ends there and uh, and the women's chamber match was easy to predict I mean. Oscar, of course, was like you know he, she was the odds-on favorite, and I'm, as predictable as it sounds, she's absolutely the right choice to face uh, Bianca Belair. And um, this was such a strong show that not even the Lesnar Lashley finish brought it down. I mean, mm-hmm. it was I, I took the leap in order the network today. Like I that's took good. the leap because that's how much. Thank that you, was. Thank you, Muggin. Thank you, Muggin, for the call Thank as you. always, and uh, talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Let's go up next to Hanzi, who was also in attendance tonight. Hanzi, it was nice to see you briefly. Yeah, nice to see you guys too, man. That was pretty fucking cool. Um, I'll keep it quick because my internet connection in my hotel is not really the greatest. So I'll just say, um, disappointing kind of uh, ending. I thought, meaning that like I knew it was going to happen, but I think after it was done, like I think people had that feeling that maybe you should have called an audible, like the Brock Lesnar Eddie Guerrero thing. And I kind of get agree, and we'll see down the line how they handle it. I thought it was going to be handled a lot better, at least. I thought, like, like Paul was saying, I was waiting for the hug and all that kind of stuff. But I got to see how they get to the tag match. But I got to say, the the atmosphere for this was probably one of the biggest uh, heat getting matches I've ever seen. Like the simple, st- I like the simple stuff of what, what everything they did. You know, what I mean, that, that, that's the kind of environment that I want for a main event. And I'll say the two chamber matches were probably my, my favorite matches. Um, everything else was just kind of there, but everyone it was a hot crowd for the SmackDown and uh, um, for uh, Elimination Chamber. I'll, I'll give a shout out to Sheamus and uh, Drew on SmackDown. That was like one of my, my, my that could have been a pay per view if they wanted to. But uh, uh, anyways, I'll just say what the call. Looking forward to Mania season, and I'll see where it goes. But uh, I, I liked your guys' review, and it was good seeing you guys, man. Uh, hopefully, we'll see each other again soon. Peace out. Hansi, what was what was the vibe like leaving the arena? Did you get a sense of how people felt after the show? Oh, uh, yeah. No, people were still – people were still li- – it wasn't as lively mm-hmm. as on after SmackDown, right? But people were still, like, kind of lively. But they weren't as lively. Like, after SmackDown, everyone was, like, ready for, like, like you know, like a – a raw, raw, like you know, victory basically. But like, it, it was kind of it was a little bit def- more deflated during this time, though. But it, it wasn't like, uh, like, like that bad. But people are still hyped up for it. But I, I'll say it wasn't compared to what was when I was leaving SmackDown. Everyone was more hyped then, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Hanzi, as always, for the call and uh, safe travels back home. You, you too, guys. Peace out. Thanks, Hansi. Uh, we got one more super chat here from Slim Sieber, who sends five dollars. Thank you for the support, Slim. He says, "When do you think they shoot the angle where Ray decides to fight his son? It seems the heat had kind of died down a bit for that. Great show, guys. 
I mean, it doesn't have to be this week, but I would say you you want to get that one going pretty soon. And I, I think you have to – you're not just announcing the match. There has to be a bit of, you know, Ray finally hitting the breaking point to be willing to fight his son. Like, you, you want to tell that story that, it, that like, there's one final um, ste- step that Dominic takes that finally father is willing to fight son, mm-hmm. which – you you have time like you can you can set that one up like the build has been done and now it is just getting to the finish line yeah are we certain that that's going to be a one-on-one match i mean i at least i think with Cena, i talked about the possibility of being pairing edge with ray and dom versus dom and priest or or somebody else um do you have to peak that at wrestlemania or does it have life beyond it uh, you could always extend till Father's Day in in, in uh, June. Father's Day, wow! You can, you, yeah. If you could make it to then, um, you know the the fact that they are putting more emphasis on Ray's mask of late between the Rumble attack and then you know exchanging masks with Santos Escobar, like that seems that to be that could be the pair. That could be the team. You know, it's like Dominic has not been growing this awful mullet for no reason. And I think Dominic putting his hair on the line against Ray's mask mm. and Dominic getting his head shaved. I mean, he would be tremendous doing that whole bit where he gets his head shaved. And, um, you know, that, that that's one way to go. Yeah. No matter what, I, I'm assuming you'll we'll have a very clear direction, maybe even as soon as tomorrow um, with with what the Judgment Day's appearance. So. Uh, tomorrow in Ottawa is a big show. Uh, we have a few pieces of feedback from forum.postwrestling.com from all of our Post Wrestling Cafe patrons. First, we got a Saeed from Vancouver who says, Interesting ending to some matches. I didn't enjoy the ending to Brock and Bobby. Seems like that will continue, so unsure what where that puts Bray after his SmackDown promo. Fun Elimination Chamber matches for the men and women. Glad they made Reed look like a threat, taking seven super kicks and three finishers to stay down. The main event ending was interesting. The crowd didn't seem to have a reaction at all. Even for KO, they showed shots of the crowd just standing there. We didn't get anything for Jay, but from what it looks like, they are not going to de- they are not going to the tag team option at Mania. I don't know why you would say it doesn't look like that. I, I at least from what I could see, it I, I don't, like I don't know how you get to a different conclusion than that. I um, mean, he attacked Jay, like you know, he so. came to the aid of you know against both the Usos. Like that, I don't know what other direction you would go in. Yeah, and as far as like the lack of reaction, I mean, I think there's still a lot of disappointment. Um, honestly, at that point, even if like they hugged, I don't know if like that would have been enough consolation for you know. This, a moment this it was like really the, the air was out of the sails with the loss mm-hmm. and and maybe as well in the way the loss was done where it was you know he he misses the he, he misses the attack and nails jay and then boom it's a spear that puts him down it's it's tough you're you're beating the hometown hero in in front of a crowd that was so hungry for him to win mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of ways to polish that one it's tough let's go up next to B. Weza from Chicago, who says, Pretty disappointing to have three of the six matches end with shenanigans. That sucked, sucked the life out of the matches. I get it, I get it, future storytelling, and also, damn, that's half of your show. So what, what do we have? Brock and Lashley, yeah? I would say that I guess if you're, if you're lumping in the main event as, as that kind of an the, ending. The main event, I, I don't know. You knew that that was going to end with something. I mean, it's such a story-heavy match that or story that um, I... I wasn't disappointed. Like I was, in fact, I would have been disappointed if Jay Uso didn't show up. If Kevin Kevin Owens Kevin Owens didn't show up till the end. But anyway, what was the other one? Was Beth and that one was relatively clean. Was that sh- so? What was the other shenanigan match? 
That would have been the other only other one, right? Oh, Ch- Logan Paul, Logan Paul. Yeah. But I wouldn't even call Logan Paul a disappointment. You, you were like, t- that was for a storyline direction. Like I had yeah. no problem with that. Like you don't beat Seth for no reason. Like, and I think Logan Paul was like a like a celebrity surprise that would have satisfied. Which is somebody. a lot of times like people just want to see a big moment yeah. in in and we'll take that in lieu of of a finish even and Logan Paul was enough and that was their thinking too like that Brock and Lashley like just doing all the stuff after the match that would be enough to yeah. pacify your audience but that's it was a weak finish both EC chambers felt well paced and had some impressive spots allowing each star to shine especially the men's EC match the main event vibe lived up to the hype but as the match went on it felt overbooked and like it lost the momentum by the time KO came out, it felt like it had little impact or consequence. I will continue to be excited to see where the Sammy Bloodline story goes. And also, I'm feeling a little bit deflated after that one. Curious to know how it felt in the arena and the streets after the show. Hope you guys had a blast. Thanks for all the coverage this weekend. Oh, the streets um, were dead by the time we got out of the arena. streets were cold and wet. Uh, Montreal has, has not been fun to, to walk around. It's normally like a beautiful city, but they certainly picked like <laughs> an awful time to do a pay-per-view. Um, but anyway, it's it's a beautiful city. Otherwise, uh, Brandon from Oshawa says, "I'm over the finisher spam matches that always happen in Brock Lesnar matches. I need something different, and I hope we get a triple threat with Brock Lashley and Bray. I need to see Brock and Lashley interacting with the Funhouse and the puppets and Uncle Howdy. Sure, um, that'll be an interesting combination. Yeah, you know? yeah." Both chamber matches were great. The end of the main event was a bit deflating for me. I thought tonight was the night to have Jay cement himself with the bloodline. I do like that Owen still has, still was skeptical of Sammy, but I did want the hug after what felt like a disappointing finish. Um, I predict you get the hug tomorrow. What do you think? In Ottawa. In Ottawa? Yeah. Um, wrong place to do it. Why? Uh, just means more to end this show. This show needed... Oh, you mean this... If you this believe show. that that was okay. enough, that that would be a big moment, then you should have given the big moment in lieu of um, a, a title change here, like right. at the very least. It, Montreal, it makes a whole lot more sense. No offense to Ottawa. And finally, we go to Will from Toronto who says, We all knew how this show would end, but it was a fun ride Ride, regardless. I do feel really bummed even though I expected the loss. <laughs> a lot of that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting with like Sami Zayn in the press conference saying, basically saying... We all know what this is. Basically, he was saying, we all know that this is scripted, that this is fake. Um, but then he also said, some of it was, re- some of it is real, you know, like, or at least, you know, the emotions attached to it, I think for him, especially are real. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's disappointment, but you know what? Sports can be disappointing. It's, 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 it's a, it's a bit of a replication of real life. Um, do you yeah. have any different answer about how you feel Cody is met on Monday in Ottawa? Yeah, that's interesting. Coming, coming off of this yeah. finish. They did such a good job on Monday of, like, you know, positioning Cody as sort of, like, um, almost like a surrogate, you know, to get revenge on Roman if Sammy couldn't do it. That I don't expect the crowd to turn on Cody, you know. Um, do we see Sami Zayn even tomorrow? I would put Sammy on Raw. I would put him in front of that Canadian audience. And maybe it's a week where Cody goes to SmackDown to... Address Roman or or something like that. If, if you have that concern, um, and maybe it's not a realistic concern, given that you know Cody has been pretty bulletproof yeah. in in all of this. Look at a star reaction. Um, shout out Nate Milton in the chat room who says props to Sammy, but this is hashtag Devonte season. Cody yes, Devonte Rhodes. If I his... could if I could hit the drop right now, Nate, I would. Um, but thank you, Nate, for being here. Yeah. All right. 
Is that all we've got? That's all we've got. All right. Um, Closing words. Um, Thanks to everybody that checked out any of our work over uh, the last couple of days on on the site, Uh, the interviews we did on YouTube, and those that we got to see here in person in Montreal. Uh, It means a lot when anyone uh, comes up and says hello to us, Um, whether you are from Denmark or from Toronto or Mm -hmm. all parts in between that we got to uh, hang out with. And uh, and thanks, as always, Way, for all of your your work amidst uh, shower issues, shoe problems. (laughs) I sound like the biggest baby. No. Oh, it's a podcast, I'm sure. Listen. Um, No, thank you, John. You know, always fun to work with you uh, um, and and especially to travel and uh, to share um, a room, you know. And uh, Can I say that uh, you can see the background, can you, here? So this is a a two-bedroom set up here. And they called me a week ago and said, hey, we we would be able to upgrade your room for free. And I said, oh, okay. What, what comes with the upgrade? Well, it would be a, uh, you would have a king size bed mm. instead of two queen size beds. I said, two king size beds? No, one king size bed. I was like, wait a minute, there's two of us. Yeah. Yes. I was like, that's not an upgrade. That's not happening. No. And uh, I had to explain this. And then they said, okay, so you want the original room? Yes. And that's when they put us into the dreaded uh, room with the awful shower. So yeah, that's yeah. that's probably my fault. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, uh, it's not your fault. I think this is still a better option than a king-size bed. As much as, uh, you know, uh, I like spending time with you. I think that would be a little too much. On that note, we are going to sign off. I think we're in the midst of a Tanahashi and Okada. Uh won't give out the the result, but it sounds like some some great reviews for uh, Kyrie and Mercedes Monet. So, oh really? Okay. Um, you can check all that out. Battle in the Valley post show will be out Sunday. Postwrestlingcafe.com with Karen Peterson and WH Park. Uh, if I can get my internet going, we'll have a UFC report up on the site from Eric Marcotte with the uh, Aaron Blanchfield win over Jessica Andrade, and uh, and a big thank you to Neil Flanagan and Andrew Thompson mm-hmm. holding down the fort yes. on the site all night, all weekend long. Uh, great work from them as well. WrestleNomics out tomorrow from Brandon talking. I'm sure a whole lot about his experience at. Um Yes, a hotel cast from Brandon Thurston. Oh, okay, yeah. So look for that on the Post Wrestling feed, also at uh, WrestleNomics.com. And uh, Long Winding Royal Road is out right now with WH Park and John Cena talking about Rob Van Dam versus Dan Crawford. So if you're looking for a bit more wrestling to watch late at night, uh, check that out, PostWrestling.com. All roads lead to PostWrestling.com. Way and I will be back in Toronto Monday night after Raw. So we will speak with you then. Good night.